commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grace Condat, and you're listening to Core World News. Your haunted news show for in-depth coverage and analysis for the latest stories from around the galaxy. Now for your new second rundown for July 23rd, 2020. Locked in foil attack position. But first, Disney delays Star Wars movies by one year, pushing the next Star Wars film to 2023. Now for your host, Ben Gravis Adam, to discuss. All right. Thank you, Rex. And thanks to all of you listening. Um, we got this little tidbit of news in today um, that I guess is a Mulan, Avatar, Star Wars. Pretty much every one of the major Disney feature films have been pushed back at least a year. Um, but we know for our purposes here, the, the important one is that Star Wars was was pushed a year. Um, so no new Star Wars feature film until 2023. Um, Adam, Grant, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Do you know who I blame? I blame the blame game right away. I could blame COVID nineteen. I could blame inept leadership, but I blame Marvel. Oh right. I'll blame the first two. No, it's Marvel. It's Marvel's fault. What is? What did Marvel do? Uh, Marvel creates way too many amazing movies every year and has a specific release schedule locked and loaded. And so I think what Disney decided to do, they could have gone to one of two ways with this whole thing especially with the Marvel, and I'll, I'll talk a bit about that, is they could have either decided to release some of these movies onto streaming services. That would have been a huge loss for them, right? If they released Black Widow on a streaming service and then the Inhumans, that would have been... They would have been doing that just to keep the schedule on track. The other option they had, which is what Hollywood seemed to have decided as a collective in the last week, is that 2020 just didn't happen, Right, like 2020 is a lost year for Hollywood, and yeah. then every I have a feeling like everything's just going to get pushed back exactly a year. So I think Black Widow is going to premiere in, tw- in in May of 2021, and then in Humans in November of 2021. That's not official yet; that's just a guess. It's and so Eternals, I think th- Eternals. Eternals. So I guess they keep saying Inhumans, right? Yeah, Eternals. Yeah. Same difference. Um, so, so I feel like the same thing's happening with all their other properties, and pretty much across Hollywood, everything's just getting delayed a year. So I think they've generously moved a lot of their star driven series and shows and kind of characters to streaming, though. I mean, they have they have made some room on the schedule, but obviously um, the next phase has a lot of movies coming. So I yeah, I don't I think, think you're going to get it being crunched. I don't think you're going to get any of those giant blockbuster films. I mean, certain smaller like ones that are in the 80, the ones that are in the 20 to 80 million dollar production range are getting shifted to to streaming. And I think over that they've they figured out. I mean, the the big thing right now is not to get too like inside baseball is like New Mutants, which is like the last X-Men property, which has been delayed for like three years for a lot of different reasons, is scheduled to come out next month. And I thought for sure that would be the one that Disney just said, let's just put it on streaming. But they are holding tight to that August release date in theaters. I don't know what's going on with that. But the fact that they wouldn't even move that into online right. streaming, there's no way it's going to happen for the bigger properties. And they just decide to keep this so that you don't get a bottleneck of Marvel movies, Avatar movies, and Star Wars movies, all that where basically Disney is just, you know, is just cannibalizing itself at the box office one one winter. Right. Right. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, they should just, they've got their own pr- uh, platform and they need new content. It makes a lot of sense to me um, for them to just throw it on Disney Plus, like get yep. new Disney Plus. You know, if, if you don't have it by now, it's super cheap. It's great. Um, I mean, the the IPs that they own there with Marvel and Star Wars alone are just like amazing and hundreds of hours of content that are fantastic. It makes sense to me to just feed the beast. I mean, I know 
they probably make a lot more um, at the box office and would rather have that. But yeah, like you said, I mean, it would be kind of weird if like every month you get a new massive feature film, you know, um, from them just because they're all in the can. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's a bummer, but I mean, we all have to make sacrifices. Um, it's great that they're making new content at all. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, Grant, you mentioned this offline, but I, there's still a possibility that they can um, do the uh, the lives uh, the Disney Plus series um, live action series. Oh yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I think they could during COVID create, protocols. Oh yeah, they could easily create a bubble around that building that that that's set, and they could you know take the temperatures at the door and just shoot you know against the volume you know and just keep it a closed set. Keep just make it just you in and whoever the other actor is, and obviously have everyone tested beforehand. Keep them in a bubble for the duration of the shoot, and then uh, I think you could do it easily, honestly. Because it's so all this is probably. Location crazy to just jump in my head but i'm like because i was thinking about like if you look at the mandalorian a lot of those scenes are just one or two actors right in a room you can do it safely you can test them you can even keep your main actors quarantined for the shoot right if they're willing to do that where they're just living in in a hotel like not getting exposed but then you have like those cantina scenes right where you have a lot of people in close quarters you can you can write around that but then my thought is and this is where i'm probably going crazy it might be sleep deprivation is Everything, just make it all aliens. They're all in masks, and when they make up, you just put a coat. You just put a natural mask on their mask. Right. He's gonna be fighting lots of Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, exactly. Right? right? Like you just you just use yeah. the makeup to cover up masks. Yeah, an entire like race of people that have suction filters, <laughs> yeah, exactly. like on their face. Like that makes so much sense. Yeah, on Tatooine um, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, sure does. Yeah, I mean, a, I love that it's an entire season of Tuscan Raiders, like you said. They're just—it's the man known a Tuscan Raider camp for the entire season. I would 100 percent watch that. Yeah, or I mean, you know, with if Obi Wan Kenobi's the next one, um, yeah, and yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to to do a lot of those. But there's ways to be creative and do it right. I think that's the answer. Um, some people are still able to do this, and um, but with following protocols, and I don't think Disney could be. Any exception there? I mean, the one bummer is that it's California, and poor California is ravaged yeah. by COVID right now. Um, so it'll be tough to get it, get people there. But um, Adam sent over a picture of you and McGregor today. Uh, and looking... I, I sent it over. I oh, that was Grant. Sorry, um, we we do that regularly. Not credit <laughs> Grant for anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I only posted just seventy four other people. It was yeah. it was it was major for me when I saw it. He, I mean. Yeah. Ewan McGregor looks like Obi-Wan again, guys. Yeah. Like, uh, he, it, there's a picture of him just barbecuing with like a, a beard. And I was like, it was the it was the Obi's beard. It was it was exactly, Obi's beard. Straight it up. Exact. It had the gray in it. It was exact. He had the oh. perfect beard. Like yeah, he's, he's ready to go. Yeah. And then he just had, you know, movie star hair, um, which <laughs> I assume will be going away or we'll have a cap or something on uh, for the yeah. thing. Who knows? Maybe he's gonna be this long haired, hunky old Ben uh for uh his his first couple seasons. But uh Yeah, man. Um, It's a bummer, but not really unexpected, right? No, I mean, not unexpected. And I I came out kind of hot about about being upset by it, which I am. But all things in perspective, having to wait one more year for a Star Wars movie with everything that's going on, it's it's not a it's not, you know, in the realm of things because there's still tons of content coming out. And Lucasfilm is such a design, you know, focused studio, uh, you know, uh, production company that this is just giving them one more year of development. And, you know, Star Wars has yeah. always been dependent, you know, dependent on all these influences from all around the world to create these alien, you know, exp- atmospheric experiences and things like that, where you just, you don't know where you are. It feels 
you know, foreign and feels exotic because they take influence from so many things all over the world. And so this is just more time to develop those concepts, develop those characters, develop those settings. It's, it's great for Star Wars. I, you know, well, other films I know could probably be pushed out faster because they're, you know, yeah. based, on pre, based on pre-existing Disney franchises yeah. and other things like that. Grant, that's a really great point because I feel like every movie, actually, I was going to say since, I, The Last Jedi might be the only exception. I would say every movie in the in the Disney era of Star Wars has gone, has been, felt like they've gone through production issues, right? Switch directors, yeah. switch writers, have to get shut down. And part of that is because they have a schedule to keep up with, right? I feel like that's part of it. J, even J.J. Abrams had to revolutionize his process to keep, get, keep on schedule to get the, you know, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And even Force, The Force Awakens, right, got shut down and they had to do a ton of revamps on it, partially because, right. you know, Harrison Ford got crushed by the Millennium Falcon. But I think that was a happy accident, literally. Um, and I think at the end of the day, maybe this allows them to get ahead of themselves a little bit. Taking a year off of shooting, maybe they can actually build that schedule out and give that time to get everything, you know, really set up so they're not just on the right. fly switching directors or switching writers. I mean, I think we've been very lucky with the content we've gotten. Maybe that is part of what works for Star Wars, but but it's a little, you know, unsettling every time when you see a Star Wars movie and suddenly change a director, change the writers, bringing in another director at the end, right? Yeah. Two two points. One, I think Star Wars can benefit by time off. I think, you know, the more you tease it out, the more people want it. And so that'll work in Disney's favor. Um, you know, it's like they, they can afford to have longer times, even though we want a movie every two years. Um, I, I mean, I want a movie every year, but um, they, you know, it's if it's teased out a little more, it'll be more of an event. And that's what Star Wars should be. Um, the second point I'm totally going to blank on because I'm dumb. Well, I could jump in with another point if that helps you. Yeah. Because like it. now I feel like I feel like we're like, but one more thing. And then uh-huh. everything someone says reminds me, you know, who's really happy about this probably in the Star Wars community are those who are working on the High Republic because yes. this clears this clears the slate for them. They are now going to be like the main thing going on in Star Wars for probably a while. Because Mando Mandalorian season two is coming out in October. Then the High Republic stuff, which is that cross project with books and comics, looking back, what was it, two hundred years before, for so uh, before uh, the prequel yeah, trilogies. I want to say three hundred to three hundred. Okay, that sounds right. Five hundred. I don't know years? which one. Yeah. I don't know. Gosh, three or five. But so at that point, there are going to be more TV shows, but we're not going to get anything. Let's be honest with the TV shows. We're not going to get anything until at least late 2021, mm-hmm. probably early 2022. So maybe the maybe 2021 is the year of the High Republic for Star Wars. Right. And it gets its own like featured area. Yeah. That you, so you reminded me of it and it actually dovetails with your comment. Hey, is the, uh, the the next feature film we get is going to be the first non like Skywalker saga film. Um, so they've, it's gotta be a good one and yeah, it's, like, it's going to be, it's really going to set, you know, I mean, it, I, I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of different flavors coming up of new media or of new movies. There are going to be new trilogies in different time periods, focusing on different characters and whatever. Um, but the next one, whatever it is, is it's important that they can prove that they can, you know, tell these stories in a captivating way outside right. of Skywalker saga. So I don't know who it's going to be. Is it Ryan Johnson? Is it um, Kevin Feige? Is it, you know, Taika Waititi? Is it Taika Waititi? Yeah. Right. Like who's who's going to get it? Um, and there's been other rumors, too. About well, different- I know I know a lot of people criticize the planning of the sequel trilogy, which is a trilogy I love. And uh, I feel like I feel, I feel like some of that stuff is valid because of the changes they make throughout the trilogy. But at the same time, 
I think that I really love the subversive elements, defying of expectations uh, of The Last Jedi. And I would love that and the sense of improvisation. And I would love to have all of that stuff in in another trilogy, but just have it feel better planned out. Have that. I I want it to be just as subversive. I want to give it give me things that I'm not expecting or I didn't know I, I wanted, but I want it to feel very like premeditated, planned out. Uh, inevitable at times, uh, yeah. predictable at times, but then subverting expectations yeah. at times, and kind of and feeling feeling like a classic fairy tale, classic myth in the, in that way, yeah. in that almost yeah. like predictability of the the highs and lows, but absolutely, but, but the highs and lows being subversive, being misdirected, yeah. you know, they're being yeah, like, I'm totally down for a different rentals. flavor to Star Wars a little bit, but I, I think I, I think they need to follow the John Favreau Dave Filoni model of like really focusing on the influences of star Wars and not yeah. necessarily, um, trying to make another star war, um, you know, like, and, and, and then adding their own personality to that, you know, how do you know, I mean, the three of any, you know, three different people can look at, at seven samurai or a Kurosawa film and take three different things away from it, you know, yeah. and, and as with any art. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see, you know, how does Taika Waititi, you know, play on that trope? How does, you know, Another, you know, figure, whatever, like how there are going to be different and and thought out. And there's plenty of room for interpretation by excellent, you know, professional directors. It was just fascinating in our watch of Hidden Fortress to see how even the same person, George Lucas, took different things out of that different points of his life. Right. Like seeing the uh, seeing the influences for the original trilogy versus the prequel trilogy is fascinating. Right. And Lucas was involved in both. So. So I agree. I think focus on like what are as we're doing, not to like, you know, signal boost ourselves, but take this idea of what are the what are the core elements of Star Wars, focus on this, make sure those core elements are there, focus on the influences, and that's it. And then tell a story that is true to those things. And that's right. and like you said, Ben, that's what that's what that's what uh, Filoni and, and Favreau are doing right now. You're right. And if it's going to be a three parter, write the three parts, you know, mm-hmm. like write three parts before you film the first one and really have a good idea about where this thing's going or at least have a plot outline. Like, I love the sequel trilogies, but the word I always think of when I watch it now is slapdash. They feel very slapdash. Yeah, it had too rough. Like Rise of Skywalker. When you watch that movie and you yeah. the pacing of that film and just kind of yeah. a quick ending yeah. to a quick trilogy. Yeah. Or, I'm, like, I'm, the I'm, second I'm, movie, again, I really, The Last Jedi does is a standout, excellent film to me. Uh, yeah. But, but it kind of stands alone. It stands alone, and I wish it was supported. I wish J.J. just, I think, if J.J. ran with a lot of the stuff Ryan set up, I think that trilogy would would have resonated much better yeah Yeah. i mean he he definitely the the two movies link perfectly but it but it's it was more like he was bending ryan's story back into his own rather than rethinking his own story and and um and adapting to ryan right um yeah i mean i'm not against a baton pass style trilogy in the future um, but that one was, I think it was a little more stark because there was, the stakes were so high. It was a really bold choice to do it that way. Um, but I mean, you know, Kathleen, she had to do what she had to do at that point. You know, I, I, she yeah. couldn't bank on JJ doing three movies. So it was, she, she grabbed the three best candidates and, and did it. And I think went, the baton pass is integral to creating these star Wars films that have different looks and feels and, and, and tones and themes and, and themes of play. And I feel like what what really needs to happen is there needs to be one writer or, or a pair of writers who write the entire trilogy. Yeah, that's, I, that's a, really what I think it, it comes mm. down to. And I think that's other true. Directors that's, can step in yeah. easily. Step in. Right. It's really got to bring, bring, bring their bring their theme, bring their tone. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, we spent a lot more time on that than I thought we would. Um, <laughs> so 
we are going to do a mailbag because um, we were fortunate enough to, uh, I, I happen to be on Discord um, answering some of Casual Jason, um, one of our listeners, uh, repeat listener and fantastic all around dude. Um, he was actually talking to me about uh, last week's thing with um, yeah. my infinity with uh, the uh, Anakin Skywalker. He believes that uh, Anakin still would have been on the same course even if he saved his mom, which is an interesting theory that I'll fight with him till the end on. But uh, oh, I feel like he might have changed my mind on this, too, because I was in Ben's corner. But I feel like it was very interesting from my perspective. I kind of had been off Discord uh, new baby up late night not doing whatever and I just checked it out and I'm like because I kept seeing them come through and I'm like oh I want to engage on this conversation and then there were like seven posts that were really great between Ben and casual Jason where I'm like yeah I got nothing to add like, yeah. just like <laughs> so I just read them all and I'm like I, yeah. I agree <laughs> I think I think we're underestimating Palpatine here I think he's yeah. quite persuasive and I feel like Shmi wasn't even required for you know for his plan to, to cause yeah. Anakin's fall I don't think he even needed Shmi's death like I, I that wasn't even something that I don't think I don't think he planned that I don't think he was involved I think that was just something that happened you know really. uh, ancillary to that's the, because the I, I really think he did I think he planted the I mean I think he's pulling all the strings there I think he planted the nightmares um, for Anakin, yes, I agree. Um, and, and oh, I, well, anything I think, anything happening in Anakin's head for yeah, 100%, yeah. But uh, I, but like Shmi's Shmi's disappearance and the Tusken yeah. Raiders, like he he, what are right. you talking? You did he go out there? Did he like affect it from afar? Like what? what I, do I don't know. So Casual Jason can't defend himself, but I, I agree <laughs> entirely with what he was saying, and I do think that he would, you know, that Emperor Palpatine's not gonna like you know, give up because one thing doesn't go his way. He's always got a hundred machinations. Um, but my, my only, uh, thing was, is just about timing. It's that like, if he, if Anakin won that one small battle, because yeah. like everything else up to the fight with Dooku happens within like a couple of hours. Uh, no, that's not, well, no, yeah, a couple close. of hours. Oh, you're right. The Dooku is, is the Dooku. We talked about this last week the, or a couple weeks ago. You're right. The Dooku is the linchpin. It's really interesting how much that would swing on that. Yeah. Um, but I, I so that's I mean, that's my only thing. If he can kill Dooku, then everything changes. And I feel like he could ride that high from saving his mother, you know, until that's a different. Infinity, until, though. That's a different. Right. Infinity. Well, now I agree with Ben and all we've determined is that I am highly suggestible. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Anywho, this is so, the smallest part of what it, he so I, I, I randomly was like, hey, you know, we're trying to think of what to do tomorrow. Um, do you do you have any suggestions? And then he casual Jason wrote out these very thoughtful ideas and a lot of them. Um, so, hey, we're going to go through. He has um, a couple of questions and then actually um, he gave us a piece of news that we're going to talk about for an, a, the next segment. But um, why don't I get into his uh, questions real quick? Um, he wanted to talk firstly about the positivity um, in the Star Wars discussion genre. Um, he's you know, he, he says he's a fan of ours because we're positive, um, but there's obviously a lot that aren't Um and that they're built on negativity, and it was just sort of like, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about negative? You know, the the negative uh, Star Wars fans out there. I love I I love to love hate things in my life. You know, Grant, I've had very heated discussions about Tree of yeah. Life. That's my kind of favorite thing in life to hate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, but the ending. I, I should. Really, I've got to say this. Uh, yeah. His last question, which is the question, is what keeps you positive? And yeah. So like in general, like I don't so. Part of what keeps me positive this is going to be a bit of a this is going to be a bit of kind of a uh, maybe a circular reasoning is that I like it. And so I like it. So I keep liking it, which means like 
if, why would I hold a podcast about something? There's lots of things I liked as a kid that I don't like anymore that lost me because either I grew and changed or they changed and I can name like 20 things. And you know what I do about that stuff? Don't talk about it. And I watch stuff that I like. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like right. why spend so much? There's so many, so much hate and dislike, this disconsent in the world. Like, why would I waste? Like, could you imagine getting on this podcast every week and spending three hours talking about something that you're frustrated and upset by? <laughs> like, like, why would I do that? That's my life reading the news about yeah. politics right now. Like, I, I get enough of that. I don't need it for this is an escape yeah. for me. This Over is things like, that matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not to say, you know, we, we've done it in this podcast before. We can be critical of things. We can think about things that don't work for us. But at the end of the day, we all love it. And we keep coming back to it every week because we love it more than things frustrate us. Yeah. And we made it a mandate quite early on just to to be positive because I think we you learn more from being positive. If you're if we're negative, I think we just write things off. Whereas if we're positive about something, we can we can delve deeper, we can have debates, we can be highly critical, uh, we can open up a, a, a chain of, of conversation. And and that's what I feel like is so much fun about being positive, but also being critical, but also being kind of neutral on everything. And I feel yeah. like to be negative, it's it's too easy to be negative. I think well, yeah, Grant, that's a really interesting point. I feel like it's really easy to identify why you dislike something or why something frustrates you or why you hate something. And sometimes it's harder to identify why you love something. Does that make sense? Right. And, I, and I feel like... It's, well, I think it's, you'll hang with the problem longer. You'll hang yeah. with it longer. I think that's all. That's, that's yeah. what this podcast is all about, is hanging with these characters, these stories for longer and trying to dig deeper in each one of them. And we couldn't do that if we're just negative and write them off. No. We wouldn't pay attention. So it's weird, right? Sometimes it's harder to actually talk about something you love because it's just like it's just you have to like think about like why is this touch me? Why is this hit a point of me? And and I think part of the the misunderstanding surrounding positivity podcast is that people think it's just you you just get on you say I love this this is great this is cool too this is awesome. No, it's d delving deeper down about what really worked, what connected for you, and and how do you boost those things, right? So I think it actually leads to deeper conversations than us just you know. Talking about why, uh, you know, Dengar sucks. Which we do, which we do often, and I think we're right. a lot of that. Yes. Tongue-in-cheek. Usually it's, it's tongue-in-cheek and fun. I mean, the probably the harshest we've been in, in the past has been about the bounty hunters uh, the comic or book. Or balance, yeah. I know, about balance, really. Actually, no, it's just balance. It wasn't even the comic book, it was just balance. Yeah. But hey, you know. And it's we, not even we, we it's not about the art, you know. It's just about the character. It's <laughs> yeah. The, the, he's written perfectly. Yeah. Anyways, we're not going to get into a balance hole. For me, it's just so much. The easy path and the scared, like the easy path, is the dark path. Hmm. You know, it's just like and people. I, I think it comes down to psychology and and people. You know, they hate these things because it's not. People hate things because they're not the way that they imagined them. Right. Like a lot of people are afraid and frustrated and anxiety comes from things not being the way that you imagine them in your head. And it takes a deeper level to sort of look at the other side, to have empathy, to think about other things. And I, I so the the we'll call them the hater base that are just like sort of like Kathleen Kennedy bad. And I, I mean, it's those things are firstly, most of those things are rooted in in uh sexism and racism and things that ignorance, i just yeah. ignorant yeah i mean I, i'm tiptoeing around it but i think those people are stupid and so i'm not going to waste my time even like arguing with them or talking to them about it and i'm certainly not going to i'm not going to watch videos that they make i'm not going to participate in it and i'm not going to allow it to anger me because those people have a hole that they're trying to fill 
with this sort of platform. And the, the weird thing about hate on the internet is that it attracts people. Yeah. It like is that other people like that are similarly empty inside are like, yes, this is terrible. It's like they need a cause and this is something that makes sense to them. So they rally behind these really poor arguments and like rooted in terrible, like short sighted ideas, um, you know, and, and ignorant ideas. And, and there's just a lot of people that don't know a lot. It's there's a lot of people out there. And so they get these groundswells, um, but they don't reflect the whole because it's only the angry people that post this stuff you know the people that enjoy star wars usually just enjoy it and maybe read these these posts and or other posts and watch the the films and don't you know so i just don't i can't be bothered i know it sounds sort of like elitist but i just can't be bothered with haters i I feel like and i just love being in the galaxy in my brain and you know and i I feel like i i'm more than willing to give directors the benefit of the doubt because i don't understand what it is to be a director i don't know what it is to write a script you know i mean i do see directors and stuff but not on this scale no and i i just at the end of the day it's just weird to me where i've i've gotten to bar conversations about star wars and probably you know if it was like five years ago um i probably wouldn't be closer to throwing a punch over star wars opinions right <laughs> and i'm not not a violent dude but i just get like frustrated by it and and since i've zenned out about it in the past five years it's just kind of like I get it's almost entertaining to me because I just go like, then then why are you watching it and why are right. you talking about it? Why are you like, posting like, in a Star Wars like, thing if you hate Star Wars? What I don't get. A, it. At the end of the day, it's a consumer product. We're consuming yeah. it, so it's don't consume like it. Like right. you are helping it by hating it. You're helping it. You're helping the thing you hate because you're boosting people watching it, which is going to make them want to do it more. Like if you really hate yeah. that much, yeah. Don't talk about it. I hated it. I only watched it seven times. (laughs) Worst Star Wars movie ever. I'll see it five more times. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a sign of a weak mind. There, I said it. What's the other question we got from? Oh, uh, we got a couple more. Yeah, we definitely did that. But that's that's just generally my uh, okay Uh, topic number three. What medium uh, beyond the movies has sucked you in the most? Um, this is Casual Jason. I'm going to share his because I, I don't think he'll mind this. He was he said he was a Star Wars fan accidentally. He was a Magic the Gathering player as a very young kid, uh, second, third grade. And then um, his gateway was the Star Wars collectible card game. So that's something for the um, Lucasfilm people that are listening. Um, the card game's working and getting people into the thing. Can I just uh, do a quick? I'll let Grant answer. I'll do a quick shout out. I love Magic the Gathering. I did. I played that. That was my D and D when I was in high school. But moving on, yeah. Uh, so what 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 got you into Star Wars, guys? I gravitated to the the, the games, the early uh, Lucas Arts games. I played a lot of the Jedi Knight, um, Jedi Outcast. I played Jedi Academy. I played a uh, Pod Racer. I played Power Battles on the PlayStation One. I played just a bunch of video game early video games from from Lucas Arts that I thought not early. Those were, I think, two thousands, early two thousands. I played yeah. I played a lot of those games. Um, that's early for you. That was kind of my in. That was kind of like what I, I spent the most time doing. Yeah. And re- reading some of the books. Uh, I, I, the um, Jedi Academy books. Yeah. yeah. So you got in through yeah. the books and the games. Yeah. And then you then you were like, all right, I'll check out the features. Yeah, I'm young enough that it, like the prequels kind of hit me. All that marketing stuff hit me pretty hard. Um, yeah. I, Anyone else have all the Diet Pepsi cans? Because I did. I mean, you know, yeah, I had all. There's that a gas station around the corner from my house that has uh, the um, Pod Racer Anakin on the front of the Pepsi machine. Oh man, you want to check it out? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. my, my real love was this the cards, shit. though. The cards, the Star Wars, the old trading card game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. 
that was of those. That was casual, Jason. What about you, Adam? What got you? So I gotta kind of, I gotta cheat on this question or like reframe the question a little bit because I, I don't remember a time that Star Wars was not in my life. I, I don't have a memory of the first time I start, saw Star Wars. Um, I don't know if I've actually talked about this in, online, um, but my parents' first date was to the original Star Wars from 1977. They saw Star Wars on their oh, first wow. date, and so it's always as much as they're not. I love my parents and we get along. They're not nerds. I don't know how they raised a nerdy kid, but they did. But they've always been very supportive of my nerdy side. And so I think they, you know, they had a special connection with Star Wars. So I think they showed it to me probably at a very young age. We don't really have a good, you know, family story about it. But I think the things that maybe drove me past just a, I like the movies and to just being this person that consumes all media came in two forms. One was actually the toys. The, my my sister had all of the Kenner collectible toys. She even had like the the yeah. Darth Vader carrying case, and I would just play in my sandbox and pretend it was Tatooine for hours on it. Like I was just playing in Tatooine every day of my life in the sandbox, and probably being exposed to toxos, toxoplasmosis and and cat poop the entire time. But it's fine. I'm good. <laughs> um, and then the second thing are the Timothy Zahn Heir to the Empire uh, trilogy. Because I have a distinct memory. My family and I would go on road trips every summer down to New Jersey. Shout out to Casual Jason again. That was accidental. Yeah. Uh, and I would always go to the library before and like load on books because I would just spend the six hours in the car reading and reading and reading. And I wandered out of the kids section one day into like the young adult section or like the adult section. I saw like Star Wars books and I was that mind. My mind was blown going, wait, there's more than just the movies. Yeah. Like that, like I couldn't believe that. I'm like, I thought there were just these these three movies and that was it. And I got that book and I remember like I still have a, a visceral memory of reading that book and learning that like of going to um, um, going to um, Chewbacca's home planet. Why well, can't think of the chic and the fact that that like one of the one of the Wookiees have a speech impediment, which makes them be able to speak basic and the fact that they have like these extendable claws like this. My mind was just blown and that Luke falls into a trap. Right, actually, you got into the galaxy. Like, like, I just all these. I remember reading the passage where Luke gets out of a trap by accessing his arm, his mechanical arm, to like basically override the 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 door. Like that, my like, I have this moment of just my mind being blown. The universe literally expanding in my brain. I mean, I think at that point yeah. I was just in yeah. on reading everything. So those books I first got hooked on were the Jedi Apprentice books. Yeah. They were like were yeah. they scholastic or something. Like I saw them yeah. at a book fair. I got them immediately, and I just couldn't stop reading them. I thought they were incredible. It was like it, I think it was uh, Obi Wan, yeah, uh, in his youth training, and then uh, his rival. I remember this like, heated rivalry. Um, it was it was fun. It was a fun read. I remember they're, really 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 fr- loving those books. I read those books as an adult probably ten years ago, <laughs> and they're actually fairly fun reads. Like they're yeah. quick, but they're not bad. That's really cool, guys. Yeah, it's cool that you guys came in through the expanded universe, um, and, and and that was your gateway. I mean, that's why they. I, I think I think the Jedi Apprentice books were canon. I think they were like uh, they were yeah. part of like the whole marketing of the prequels. Like, yeah, they came out they in nineteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking of the different. Okay, Jedi Academy. I think. Yeah. Um, rad, rad. I uh, my. I had three cousins that lived down the street from me. Um, they all were uh, 10 to 14 years older than I was, um, all girls, and they would babysit for me. Um, and one of them, Ellen, um, which I know you're not listening, but um, I'm going to shout you anyways. Um, she, uh, I was four, and she put on A New Hope, um, and 
it because she was obsessed with it. Um, and my dad was obsessed with it too. Like he loved Star Wars. Um, and I always actually had credited him, but I found this news out. Uh, my dad told me the truth uh, a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, so she showed it to me. And so they, my parents came home and I'm just like, I've already run the movie back and I'm glued to it, you know, to the VHS and watching. Like I just couldn't at four is pretty early for this, but whatever it was, it triggered something and I was just obsessed. And then, you know, the toys and um, yeah, and my dad took me to, um, to return of the Jedi in the theater. That's the only one I saw in the theater on the first run. And uh, I was not old. Yeah, I was four. That because I remember being sort of triggered there. So yeah, that was it. And um, yeah, eighty three. No, I was five. So I had already been watching these for for a year. And I can't believe I was that young. I I mean, it, so it's got to be some of my earliest memories. And it stayed with me. I was obsessed for the rest of my life. I mean, through like through high school, through college, it was always there. It was just buoy for me to just like go and escape to Star Wars. I, and I've never been one of those people that watched the movies a hundred times. You know, like I. It's a special event for me. I'll watch them maybe twice a year, um, you know, the, the main movies, um, just because they're special and I don't want to burn them out. And, it, um, you know, and it, they're not burnt out yet. I still, you know, I still love getting back into that space. So, Ben, I'm the exact opposite, because when I was working at a video store, I had a loop where it was yeah. during I was working there during the prequels. So it started out as just four, five, six, four, five, six, four, five, six, four, five, six, pretty much every shift because I'd work 12 hour yeah. shifts. Oh, so wow. I'd watch those on That's a row, perfect. on a loop. Um, and then when episode one came out, it was four, five, six, one, four, five, six, one. And then a couple <laughs> years later, two, four, five, six, one, two. Like I just kept adding it in as it come out. So I've seen, I think I've seen A New Hope or it's wow. been in the background at least a thousand times in my life. And I just don't get sick of it. Yeah, it's a short movie. It's a, and, it's, yeah. and it's so fast paced and great. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I did like, love lightsabers for a good year and a half. Maybe oh, come two on. Years, like, obsessed, oh, yeah. like, unhealthy. I'm still obsession. obsessed with lightsabers. <laughs> I one in the back of the screen right now. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was bad for a couple of years when I was younger. Oh. So that sucked me in. Just the whole process of the building of the lightsaber, just the li lightsabers in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Casual Jason also asked if you've indoctrinated, um, uh, your new child yet? I think at three weeks might be a bit early, but I'm sure she has. Some, I know she has some swag because I know I bought you. I bought yeah, some swag. We got the baby Yoda hat from Ben, and then and then we got. Um, we just bought because we were buying um, onesies, and we were, we were buying a three pack and like to get a sale item. They had Starfighters, a Starfighter one. I'm like, all right, fine. Like I'm trying to like, I'm trying not to just do everything Star Wars because that's just my go to, right? And so we're trying to be like more selective. Which is funny because Carl's like, are you sure you don't want to buy something Star Wars? I'm like, no, no. Because I also like my fear is that if I just like force it on her, it's she's going to rebel. And so okay. I just want it to be this thing that dad likes to talk about. And then maybe she'll get fascinated by it and be like, I'm basically not going to. My plan is not to show her Star Wars until she asks what Star Wars is and asks me about it. Because it's going to be in the background of my life a lot. And so that's my goal is to not indoctrinate her that way, to let her choose her gateway into star wars is my hope yeah from my experience with my son he's he's already you know he's into star wars now but he wasn't for the first you know five years he was not into star wars and then yeah. recently i think with the the new movies and then a lot of the kind of the, the games and the kind of the, the mobile games and all that kind of stuff he's kind of he's kind of taken to it he likes some of the virtual experiences some of the games and things like that and that's that's kind of what's drawing him in but yeah, I, I you can't really force the movies no. on them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, well, 
Why don't we uh, lock uh, tinfoils into attack position then? Boot. Pork it. Lock tinfoils in attack position. Okay. Um, so with our tinfoils effectively locked into attack position, let's attack on some tinfoil. Um, again, this news was broke to us by Casual Jason. Um, he sent over, it was an article in XXL Magazine. Um, and apparently there is a new series. It was announced um, on one of the Star Wars shows um, that uh, Donald Glover has agreed to play Lando Calrissian in an upcoming Lando Calrissian series. Um, is it an official announcement? It wasn't official, but it was official enough that he was involved that they actually said it on one of the Star Wars shows. This is how it was related in XXL magazine, that it was like one of the hosts. I'm not familiar which Star Wars show. They sort of tipped out. He's like, you know, I've, he's like, I've heard this for a long time. He's like, but I think it's solid enough now that I can say it and that this is definitely in the work. So I think, you know, I think they've got Glover signed on and it's just like they're working out, out the contract. And they said that they're going to have to literally back up the Brinks trucks for Glover, but they're willing to do it, um, which I agree with. But um, why don't why don't I get your guys' thoughts first? What oh, do you, what do you I think mean, about this? Well, this is a super exciting rumor, and uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of of Atlanta Donald Glover's yeah. series on FX. Yeah, everything Glover's done. fantastic, incredible, incredible series. So I can see Donald Glover coming aboard if he does come aboard in the series. I don't see him just acting; I see him writing. I see him directing. Uh, I see him, you know, uh, really deciding the tone and the style of the show as well. Like, I feel like he, he's probably the main, he's going to be the main, you know, decider when it comes to what the show is, essentially. And I feel like, I feel like a really fun way to pose this show is to possibly, like, start with him doing a video diary somewhere that just gets interrupted and throws him to this, like, wonderful odyssey across the stars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Calrissian Chronicles is that what he called yeah, that, it in, in yeah. Solo? Calrissian Chronicles, yeah. I it's one of my favorite things because that that is a callback to the old, old, old EU Calrissian yeah. Lando books, and so that's yeah. that was a moment. I think I when we were in, all in the theater, I may have clapped out loud right. when he well, he's, that, he's even that describing point. the events. Of yes, exactly the book from that he, book. Yeah, he goes to that strange planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know there's the Mind Harp of Sheru, and I can't. That's, that's right. not the one he's talking about, but there's another. He's one. He's talking like, about the other the, one with the uh, Prisman. The, the yeah the, the anyway but yeah i i love that idea grant and i agree with you and, and you know if, if go ahead but i was just thinking about it as a device instead of something that yeah just like happens no i love that continuously I just bring that it's just like just the first beat yeah. of the thing is like another moment of the lando carizian chronicle i want that as but the it gag. stop short yes. and you get eight episodes before you get it again yeah. at the very end you no. know or something like that don't Instead of just read. every episode, do it. Wait, like, so don't wait, do it every episode. So he's like reading he's from, like, he's doing he's his. He's doing. So an he's entry, just yeah. like mentioning the Calrissian Chronicles, and then goes on. A, a and then a monster character. like bites yeah. the yeah bites the bridge apart of his like frame. Yeah. like, yeah. like, like you know, shreds. I love that shit. running gag. Every season, it starts with him trying to tell another story and trying, and then just being pulled off into a new adventure. I, um, I you know. If if this if this a if we got this news earlier in the week and b I was not sleep deprived I would have gone back through our back catalog because we in the past talked about the possibilities of a Lando standalone series and we talked about having Donald Glover as being the showrunner for that we we talked about yeah. that so like 
I, you know, not to like just be like we were right, but hey, guys, you know, maybe we were right, but you know, maybe we're smart. Maybe we're just being imagine, out there and saying imagine. giving Donald Glover money and a chance, give the most successful person yeah. right now all the money. How weird that they're doing that. To me, I'm just surprised he'd do it, um, just because it's it's fairly uncharted territory. They Star Wars is usually like. Let's find new and upcoming stars that want to, you know, make their mark, that have the chops, that are going to do great things, like John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. Yep. You know, but it's it's very rarely. It, it, I mean, it's never happened. It's unprecedented that like a star at the peak of his power is going to be like, okay, I'm going to walk into a Star well, Wars. I, I think and and, and be, more time with him though. I think I don't think Solo was. I don't think we got. I think he was. I think there was possibly three movies. Oh yeah. Know, uh, uh, ready to go. Well, that, that's another thing too, right? Like. This could also like we also mentioned this was like, OK, so they're not going to do a, a trilogy of movies with, um, you know, with like we had, you know, Solo, Lando, Boba Fett or something like that or Solo, Lando, Chewie or like, you know, that 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 world. But maybe they're going to just instead do it in live action. And Lando is going to be our, you know, our main character that takes us through that universe. It could even happen you know, in that time, right, uh, immediately following Solo. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super surprised that. So I don't know Donald Glover personally, but that man is like one of the hardest working men in Hollywood right now or hardest working yeah. people in Hollywood. He likes to keep busy. He likes to do a lot of things. Um, I think he really loves being on the creative side of things. He's also a giant nerd. <laughs> that man is a giant nerd. And I think his portrayal of Lando it's really interesting. We talked about this way back when that film was coming out and after it came out where Alden Ehrenreich does this like he does this like he does this um, Christopher Pine take on on um, Captain Kirk where he like embodies the feeling of Han Solo by not but not doing an impression right. of Harrison Ford. And that's why I think it works so well. What is your main character? Meanwhile, Donald Glover, I don't know if it's an impression or if he's just like. He just somehow morphs into Billy D. Yeah, Williams. It's like a mirror almost. It's a mirror, and it doesn't feel like someone doing an impression. It's again, it's similar to um, a, a, the actor's name who plays uh, Doctor McCoy, Doctor McCoy or Bones, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. That that's similar to that. I feel Love like that her. person embodies that that person, and that's the closest you know analogy I get. I, as I mentioned, I've been doing a rewatch of Community in the middle of the night while I've been feeding our baby, and. The, the distance between Don, that Donald Glover and the Donald Glover who plays Lando is huge. And I feel like we undersell Donald Glover's ability to act sometimes because we're so focused on his ability to create things. And he's such a great creator. But he's also a such a good actor where he can play dumb, he can play suave, he can play everything in between. And so part of him is probably like, he wants another crack at this. I think he did such a great job. I think the fact that if maybe they're going to offer him the, the creative ability to do this. He, that man loves to create and he loves to, to be in the nerd world. I mean, he was in Star Wars. I mean, he was in Spider-Man um, Homecoming, right? Just because he, he because because he's a fan and he wanted to play Spider-Man at some point and he missed his, he missed, unfortunately, he missed his boat because racism. <laughs> yeah, that's not really missing the boat, is it? That's the No, but like, I feel like it. you would have an African-American Spider-Man or Black Spider-Man now, but because of where we were and his age yeah. that he missed. But hey, you know, in the next five years, totally possible. We'll have a Miles Morales. But like, let's let's not suggest that too loudly because I want him in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's but he's also now going to play. He's too old to play Spider Man. That's my point. Is he missed that boat uh, yeah, during the I community mean, days? He would have been the perfect Miles Morales. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, 
I mean, the the other thing that XSL mentioned was his schedule. He's just super busy. I mean, he he's a, a poly hyphenate, as um, I've learned yeah. at Harvard Business School. Yeah. They um, or uh, watching Harvard Business School. I do not go there. Um, but they, uh, he, you know, I mean, he's got a Grammy. You I mean this is America is one of the greatest songs of this decade. It's amazing. It was the best song of 2018 and uh, yeah. charted again um, recently, given the uh, atmosphere in the world right now behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and it's fantastic. He, he, there's nothing he can't do. Um, I, I just think he's a treasure and it would be awesome. I mean, it, it would be a blessing to Lucasfilm if he were to uh, to, to join in and, and, and front up this thing. But this is about locked tinfoils. What is he going to do? What are we? What are we going to get? I mean, I, I love the land, the the um, chronicles. The sorry, the Calrissian. He's going to be living large and like flashy, upscale, kind of like uh, you know, super super cities or you yeah. Know, what do his other ships look like? He's going to be. He has to use a new ship in this series as well. Like he's going yeah. to be going over the place. We might see how he gets involved with uh, Tabana Gas or gets involved yeah, in. Yeah. We'll definitely get a Lobot origin story. You have to do that, right? That is that's got to be yeah. in there. I, I also feel yeah. like it's going to be a shorter series. I think part of talking about his timing is we're so engrossed with this eight to ten episode series. I wouldn't be surprised if they bust out a four part series, right? That's just basically a movie told in four segments. Like that's how maybe they transition this from the from the movies they had scheduled or thought about in the trilogy into just these shorter mini series. Maybe just do a one off Lando series. That's not coming back every single year. Right. Well, what, what time period would you want would be ideal for this? And granted, so for benchmarks, we have Solo uh, is his first appearance. Um, and I think Rebels is his second appearance. He comes in as he's essentially still grifting then. Um, but so, he goes there and then we see him in Empire Strikes Back. So oh, is where's Last ten, Shot? Last Shot is pre Solo because be, Last Shot is. In the future and pre-solo because L3 is in that. Right. Um, so Solo is 10 years before A New Hope, right? Rebels is... Two years. A couple One. years. Yeah, One. I mean, I kind of want this as a direct follow-up to Solo where it's just, what did where did Lando go? Like, like Yeah, I where, think he, that's the spot. Like, maybe it picks up right after he loses the Millennium Falcon. Like, maybe you get yeah. an, Alden Ehrenreich guest star in that first moment of opening up of him just like losing it and him just down on his luck doesn't have a ship and he has to hustle right he spends like the first episode figuring out where am i going now how what's my next big score he just bumps into someone in that bar and that brings him off to this no new adventure yeah, I, I want han solo in it but i i almost would rather it be all about lando and his story i agree his yeah journey. Because yeah. I feel like that I want the show to be called Lando, essentially, and I want it to be yeah. all on him. I want him to be traveling across the stars. Yeah, I, feel I think he'll like, definitely be our POV character. I feel like we'll but... get some. We're going to get some all new characters. I want an all new cast with Lando, and I want yeah. I want us to think of Lando differently after seeing the show. I want to have, see him interact with all new characters. And, but I do want to ask you guys if we're to bring in one legacy character into the show, who would you choose? Um, I mean, I, I would pick on Solo. I don't think. I think they can do this where Lando's the main character and Chewbacca and Solo are ancillary characters. And I think Alden Ironreich would do that. You know, they you know, they can intersect in on Tatooine if like they start working with the Huts and he has to deal with the Huts. 
maybe we get them in like an episode or two. But are, are you talking about like well, Iron Rock isn't a shared ensemble uh, uh, in Brave New World on Peacock? Is that right? Yeah. 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 What What so are those things? I th- he's probably opening open to you know being uh, a streaming show. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rex, I think he's down. He definitely wants to do it. He's I've heard some things recently where he was saying that he he wanted to do more and and it didn't work out. But did you guys state that you wanted him to just briefly appear at the start of the show? That's my thought is disappear. Maybe Maybe, not even in the beginning, just like in the middle, like he happens. One of Lando's adventures takes him to Tatooine. And at that point, um, Han Solo is working with the huts and he has to do a hut contract. I mean, I'd I love feel like at that point you call the show Han and Lando, and it's still an incredible Why? show. Why? No, no, no. Han and Lando's catchy, I think. It's like Han and Lindo. And that's I, yeah, I, but I want to push back on that because I feel like there needs to be an African American like main character. It doesn't have just because like Han Solo's in there. I think it's got to be Lando's show, and you just see Ironreich for like an episode, you know, or two. Yeah. I mean, I'm arguing that the Lando show should just be Lando. Like, yeah, I think we all are. Okay. <laughs> I think we're all arguing the exact same I think, point. I, in terms of legacy character, I'm almost like, bring me Chewie and not Han. Like, I think that would be a funny moment. Of just like, okay. where's Han? You know, this whole thing of like, where's Han? And just like, Chewie's annoyed that he's he's working with Jabba. And basically, they've broken up for a little while. So it's almost like him, like, basically cheating on Han with, with Lando for a little bit. That would be awesome. My only point is that like Han can be in Lando's show and yeah. it doesn't have to be the Han and Lando show. I don't know? think you oh, okay. get through an entire Lando series without at least a guest spot by Alden Ehrenreich in some fashion at some moment, which I would want. Right. Especially uh, if it's that time period. Yes. You also want to bring Quill in. You want Quill to be there. Oh, Quill. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. For Lando. Oh, Lando and Quill meeting. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would yeah. be incredible. Oh, you're going off the theory that like, I think I Gil want Boss in the Lando show. If we're gonna have Boss have like a spotlight, let's have Bo- let's have oh, a bounty hunter. In there. Oh yeah, give him major bounty hunter. Oh, Forlom and Zuckus. Zuckus. Yes. Well, yeah. I think I'm Boss be- has cool factor though that like they don't have to a degree. I feel like that's the point. <laughs> like, like I feel no, like this but is I want to give more of a Boss versus series. Lando would be an awesome fight. Like that would be a really yeah, fight. yeah, that would be awesome. You've actually as cool as Jedi fighting. You know what I mean? Like that in my opinion. You've actually kind of pushed me back into Grant's original corner here where I think, I mean, I love all these things, but I feel like those bounty hunters, I don't know, they need their own thing. And I would be completely happy if Lando just expanded the galaxy and we see none of those people and he just goes off and he just does meets weird species and does weird things and has these. It's a caper show. Yeah. And we we never see Tatooine. Yeah. I mean, there does need to be a tie-in somewhere, right? I feel like Star Wars needs to sort of honor what came before, right? And it's just always nice to get these little cameos that come in here and there. But um, I, I, this show has a lot of great possibilities to expand the galaxy. and uh, Pansexual yeah. flirtations? Sure, yeah. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally <laughs> motivated in bizarre new ways, right? Yeah, like going just to the outer reaches, basically, and exploring new territory. That right. would be I would love that. I would love kind of a, a Lando on the frontiers. You know what I mean? That'd be really cool. I mean, that's got to be the thing. Lando, gambler. yes, he's self-motivated. Casino he's, to casino. He's completely, I think we talked about this. We did an entire episode on Lando way back when, like way, way back. Um, probably like episode 10, I think. Um, and we kind of talked about the fact that like, like Lando has a heart of gold that he hides. 
right? And right. and I like and, that. And last shot made that clear. Last yeah. shot was so beautifully written in Lando. It brings so it it brings such this this dynam, dynamism to Lando that I don't think you get in any of the mater- other material. No, and, but, and you, have, you should definitely read that book if you love Lando. Yeah, it's such a good book. Is it, it Daniel so Jose depth. Alder? Yeah. It adds yeah. so much depth to this character, and it's exactly what you're talking about, Adam. Where it's this this he is a courageous, uh, you know, heartfelt, you know, leader and. And uh, and I feel like he just doesn't activate that all the time because he's he's preoccupied with deals and gone wrong. I kind of that's what I was hoping. Like I think that's what we want, right? Is like maybe the whole series is him trying to look out for himself, hustling, coming up with schemes, doing these things, loving himself, loving himself, but slowly getting sucked into a moment where he has to make a decision to be selfless by the end of it. Because I feel like Han, I feel like you know we, you know, part of the issue maybe with Solo is that um, Han's trajectory into becoming Han Solo is a bit unclear. Like, like by the end of that movie, he's a hero when I feel like when we meet him again in 10 years, he's not a hero, which again, through storytelling, you can talk about the fall of Han Solo over the next decade. I think that's right. a story that needs to be told, but he's I a feel reluctant like, hero. For yeah. But I feel like he needs to get like really dad. The next 10 years need to be really bad for Han between Solo and a new hope. But I feel like <laughs> with Lando, I feel like he is almost like, I think we've, we've used the Sisyphus, uh, analogy before with other things where I feel like he doesn't evolve partially because he's a good person at heart but he he consistently through his entire life denies that good person even up to the rise of Skywalker right the rise of Skywalker he's just taking himself out of the fight he's alone he's reluctant he's helping but he doesn't he's like I'm too old to fight right like he talks about that right. he doesn't want to get drawn back in which is the same person we meet in episode 5 so that's the story every time he denies it denies it denies it gets pulled back in helps and then leaves it going, yeah, but that wasn't really me, right? Like, I feel like he doesn't learn yeah. that lesson, which I think is an interesting character. It's Lando, Lando's also a rom Like, Han and Lando are very different. Lando is a romantic, whereas Han right. is kind of a cynic and he's kind of forceful. He's, he doesn't have the grace that Lando has. And I feel like I want to see all that, the, the romantic storytelling in Star Wars yeah. through, through Lando's perspective, because I feel like we got a lot of that in Solo, but we didn't get really, like, Lando's whole escapades and his journey as a Casanova through the stars. And I feel like that is much needed in a Lando right. series. It would be yeah. so much fun and, and, and just smart and, and interesting. And the conversations could be really, you know, this is, this is the forgotten pillar, right? Is romance. Romance. This, yeah. would, this would be an opportunity to, for romance to be in like every episode, which would be totally, you know, which would be an outlier for star Wars, but would totally fit with Lando's character. You guys actually just gave me an idea with Han, like if like Han trajecting in the wrong direction. So if we don't get these films where they're parallel and on these parallel journeys, maybe it's the towards the end of the first season. I, I'm still I would still love two seasons, three yeah. seasons of Lando. Like I, I would love it. But towards the end of it, he does intersect with Han again. But Han's on the, the wrong path and he's like doing terrible things with like for the hot cartel. And like Lando's like, bro, like what happened to you? You know, and like and like Lando sort of pulls him out of it a little bit. It's like, this isn't you, man. Like you're the hero. You work for the good guys. And he's like, uh, you know, maybe had something to do with. I'm you into know, that show. Thing, yeah. Right. I'm into that you know, pitch. I love that. Sort of helps him out. But yeah, he, he is a fascinating and unique character. And if you put it in the hands of of, you know, Donald Glover, there's really no, no, you yeah. know, a ceiling on how awesome that show would be. And it'd be so unique and fantastic. Did we do it guys? I think we did. 
my tinfoil hat is getting itchy. Um, yeah, you gotta take I, it off. I'm I, removing I it right this, this moment here. Yeah, exactly. I need to have this happen, man. I hope it. I hope it comes through, even if it's five years from now. You know, like I, I think that would be fantastic. Well, I think our first uh, segment informs this segment. I feel like with with COVID nineteen restriction restrictions and everything you're talking about, I feel like. TV is going to be easier to do this smaller sets, less things going on, less location shooting. They have the volume, right. That they're going to be using in all of these things where that's yeah. my big thing. Oh, like you man. can just, you can just make Donald a bubble Glover around the volume. the volume together right yeah. now. So I feel like that's why these things are happening is that they realize that for, for a while movies might be well. And I also don't know not to be a, to end on a bummer. I just don't know how much the movies are going to rebound from this financially. And also people being comfortable to be in a big theater it's crammed in for two and a half hours. So I just don't yeah. know what it's going to look like. So not till there's a vaccine, <laughs> not till there's a vaccine. Um, and even after that vaccine is, is people feel comfortable after that. Right. Like I, we might have fears yeah. of other if, what, if there's diseases. one thing COVID did, it, it, it made everyone now knows yeah. that there's a possibility they can get sick in a theater. Yeah. In a closed environment. It's something that will be on everyone's mind after the fact. The world yeah. So I think that's why Disney postponed a year, because then think about 2023. Hopefully COVID's, you know, pretty far in the, in the rearview mirror. We feel comfortable. But also they're like, you know what? Mandalorian was a huge hit. Let's just focus on these other things that people will consume. Right. So I feel like now they're building out the TV schedule because they're a little uncertain about movies right now. I honestly think a Lando series could be huge. I, I, yeah. I actually oh. want Lando now more than anything. Me I too. really yeah. do. I, I can already see like the sleek marketing of like. Lando getting in a, in a blaster fight in in, in at sundown or something like that on some really cool. Oh, this makes me. I, so like, I, already, I already, already see all of that. I see it all. My it looks yeah, some, some like ultraviolet planet. Yeah, or something. like this neon yeah. lens flare. Like oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Lando, I, Lando could look amazing. Obi Wan's my favorite character. Yeah, it's very synth wavy, right? Like it's almost like eighties synth wave. Like, totally. Yeah, I see Lando, yeah. it's like wow. Yeah, I'm obsessed with synth wave, but I, I like <laughs> would. I mean, Obi Wan's my favorite character but i would be more excited about a lando series yeah me too yeah. and get ludwig back on the score with, with yeah. Donald, Donald yes, Glover childish gambino collaboration oh, a I, star wars synthwave soundtrack yeah. oh i would pass out <laughs> and lando's new ship could be incredible it could be better than the falcon it could yeah. be something special he has a number yeah. of ships i think you know yeah oh want this want this so bad Oh, yeah, let's think of other characters we could bring into the mix in, in the Lando show. Okay, so what other characters could we bring into the mix on the Lando show? I think I, you know, I was I was kind of looking around the room, looking at some of the figures they have, and I had a moment of inspiration. And I want the A bad, if not the big bad of the series to be Krennic. Because wow. I want cape versus cape. I want to fight with two people <laughs> wearing capes. Cape fight? Yeah, cape fight. I want vader in this series and oh. i'll tell you why because in empire when you see lando and vader interact it right. seems as if they had spoken before it seems as if they're on like almost like speaking terms like very and they speak to each other with ease and it made me think "Ooh, what else could you do with vader and lando in the past to set up that kind of that ease of discussion that they have on investment yeah their we first interaction he's like i see you like capes too yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, he joins. It's Vader and Lando Caper, like together. Yeah, because he does. He's like, I mean, he's doing deals with him, and he's he's talking to him like no one else. Yeah, no one, to Vader. it's weird. If you, you have to just really listen to it, though, you have to watch the movie. 
and listen no, to it. No, it would totally feel organic. I would not, it would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be thrown off if they had a previous relationship prior to that. Yeah. And I feel like you get to have, so it's actually similar to Afra, maybe, where you have Vader sending him on a mission, right? Just be requiring him to go steal something. I don't know, maybe steal something from Krennic's office so that we could get everything we want. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, I'm not against the Krennic thing. That's awesome. You I mentioned Afra. Yeah. We don't know ah. what the other things are, but yeah. like, with, there's rumors about an Afra series. That would be great to have some synergy there and have like an, you know, them interact on a, on a caper. Like oh. Lando and Afra would be amazing. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd love to see those two, and that would work. She'd be young at that point, but it would work. I yeah, would like Afra to have her own, her own series. Yeah. I would like Afra to have her own series because at that point she'd be a She'd be a teenager even before, even lower teenager. But you could have that. She's a plucky teenager. You could definitely see that. She could be like, um, you know, maybe this doesn't hold up in today's world, but she could be the short round to like, you know, like like Lando's short round. You know, her is a little like uh, sidekick. Yeah. He could actually be a mentor to her for an yeah. episode, you know, where she's just like she's run away from home and like and, you know, she doesn't really know what to do. And he's like, this is how you make your way in the world. Well, we know I that, right? I I think you do Lobot. Now that I'm thinking about it for longer, as oh, we're Lobot. about it being Synthwave and Poppy, I'm like, you do Lobot. He, oh, Lobot's definitely. Oh, in Lobot's there. the ultimate, uh, you know, uh, sidekick in this show. And the issue need- is based on canon, and we always know how much we love canon, and but we also know how much they're willing to play around with canon. Is that at that point, Lando would be, fa- I mean, um, Lobot would be fairly self-aware, so we wouldn't get yeah. super cool cyborg. We'd actually get like conversational Lobot. Yeah, we'd get pre-cybernetics um, Lobot, even though that so that that Lando comic that like five episode yeah. or issue run that is not canon. It, no, it is. It, it, it is. is. Okay. Souls, Lando's. Uh, I forget the. the yeah, Dude, on that would be I mean, Lobot like cognitive Lobot would be perfect for our Synthwave series. I don't know. Yeah, like hopefully Synthwave will still be going strong in five years. <laughs> Um, it's, it's never going away. It, I it, hope it's, not. It comes I'll back. I'll listen every to Com Trues for the rest of my life. By the way, if you don't <laughs> yeah. listen to Com Trues, like I'm telling you, you're welcome. This yeah. is my birthday gift to you, even though it's my birthday this weekend. Yeah, listen to Com Trues. It's the best music you've never heard. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then turn me onto it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, but that like that's the aesthetic I want, and I'm sure Gorenson can still do the soundtrack. It would be amazing, but it should be like all synthesizer, just like. Oh, that would be the that would be my greatest thing. Just a ton of purple and neon and oh man, it's like it's like Pulp Fiction. They're just you know Lando's just sitting in a speeder over some sprawling cityscape, looking at the hazy sunset on Narshada or something. Yes, trying to come on. My phone's not working. Is it was Sewell's run just called Lando? Is that what? Yes. Okay, I'm trying to show you. What was the most recent run? Oh, that was Sewell. Yeah. Oh, it is synthwave that like that's, that's right. not trying to show you. I'm trying to get it because I have a background, but that's the 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 the, the Lando uh, cover is very synthwave, purple like it's, purple neon. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. Sewell did an amazing job with that run, um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, is that the the origin of the uh, of Lobot in that comic? I is don't. I don't think. It's, I think it is because I remember reading. It's it. not the well. It's, oh, it's, it's about Lobot's. Uh, reprogramming, I think. I right. Think yeah. His, it's when his brain gets wiped. It's it's yeah. sort of it's, it's the it's more like the finale of of Lobot. It's the there end. are flashbacks though of him deciding to get the implants in and being part of the Empire and that I can't remember the whole yeah. story, but it definitely is discussed. That would be a great caper though. Is sort of you know how they meet. 
you could do like sort of how they come together and maybe he rescues him uh lando rescues lobot from the empire yeah that would be awesome i mean Daft Punk, Ludwig, Ludwig Van Gorenson, uh, Childish Gambino collaboration. Calm Truth. It would be the Thanks. best soundtrack in Star Wars by a darn sight. Yeah. By a heckin' sight. I mean, uh, nothing will ever match up with uh, with um, John Williams, but for like pop music that you just want to throw on and listen to, it would be like the Drive soundtrack, but like 10 times better. Yeah, I mean, so I'm, I just picked up the, I just got my trade paperback copy of the Lando miniseries. I'm flipping through it, but, and I'm not trying to like, um, I'm never a big fan of saying like, just take something and redo it, but man, they should really read this. I forgot how good this miniseries is. And it starts with like, it's very James Bond. It starts with him in a room with a woman, like just like it is. I have a couple of varying covers. I have have three single issues for that. I think, uh, well, yeah, James Bond would be that's a that's a great influence on this. There's so many other like great collaborators he could have if he wanted them. What and the one that I thought of was John Kasdan. You know, I mean, oh, they yeah. worked together before. I I wonder, do you think they would work together? Like, Filoni is a great font of of Star Wars knowledge, but so is John Kasdan. Um, and like, you know, if you wanted a different perspective from Filoni, I think like John Kasdan would be another. A great resource there uh, to inform your writing. I mean, yeah, having I the two that, of them write together would be awesome. I love that. I think at the end of the day, I think part of, you know, we've talked about this collaboration works so well in the Star Wars universe, and we love the collaboration between, like, I think we talked about it before, where I feel like um, Filoni is, is so focused on what is and isn't Star Wars, you know, in terms of, like, this is what Star Wars is, this was and isn't, and he's really can hold court about that. And Favreau would be like, yeah, 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 that's great, but, like, what's a good story, right? And I feel like the two of them can come together and work well in that. And maybe you have the same thing between Don Glover and and John Kasdan, right? Because I love that the, the best parts of Solo to me is, I really think the movie Solo does the best at interweaving and dropping in, like, um, lore, Star Wars lore, yeah. without bashing you over the head more than any other movie in the new in the new um, Disney era. And I think that's John Kasdan just saying, like, reading over Solo would be like, just say Ara Singh. Like, just, like, drop these yeah. things. Like, drop these lines. And that, like, does means nothing to the people who don't know about it. And for us, it's just this amazing moment of just feeling like it's part of the galaxy. Lore bombs, baby. Yeah. Little micro lore bombs. Of the directors uh, from The Mandalorian, who, who would you like to helm Lando if, they, if one of them were to take over? Because we did see Deborah Chow jump to Obi-Wan. Uh, feel you. F- can never Probably say it. Famiyama. Oh my god! Yeah, I think yeah. I just, I'm in love with that. That's a package made in heaven, right there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he because yeah, his action sequences and capers and yeah. And he did the bounty hunter episode, right? The rescue episode with the bounty hunters. Yeah, which which I have to go rewatch because that one threw me the first couple times I watched it because it is that is such a weird episode. It is so weird. And now it's slowly becoming my favorite episode because of how weird it is. But it feels just the right amount of weird for Lando. Like, I think it just yeah. has a very tone. So, so we have Fumi Yua directing. Fumi yeah. Yua directing. We have Sewell and Child- and Donald Glover writing. And uh, John Kasdan. Yes. Oh, John Kasdan. Sewell. I like Sewell in there, too. I'm <laughs> Sorry. Well. I accidentally no. Freudian slip. I mean, no, I, let's I, do I, it. I, I love it. Sewell and... Uh, Donald Glover. You and can have multiple people. 
Yeah. I mean, even if it's like if so, if you put um, John Kasdan in like the Filoni role where he's just like executive producer or, you know, consultant or whatever. I mean, like right, because Kasdan has uh, outlined all the crime syndicates for the, for the, the syndicate yeah. work that he had planned. Right. He outlined that whole he said he has extra. Right, what major syndicate there. would be in the Lando show? What, what syndicate would get the most screen time or be more have the most Crimson plot? Dawn? Yeah, it's gonna be Crimson Dawn. I mean, I'd I don't know if that's what I want. To... And then do you bring back Kira? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think no, no. you do. Let's 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 Oh let's... guys. We got a table of this. This is a let, lot. No, 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 no. Let's back up a couple sentences because <laughs> Ben dropped the droid Gotra for, for yeah. that. And that is the oh, yeah. no, but that's perfect for the Lando series because he clearly has connections to droids. He sees yeah. droids as equals. Again, right? read Lost Stars. Yeah, Lashon, like sorry. he had Lashon. a, a some type of deep relationship with L three. I like to always go towards romantic, but we can argue about that. But like at least he Loving. felt a love connection of some type with a droid, right? So that would be kind of an amazing foil for him, right? This idea of like like. Because other people probably like write off the droid, droid gotra as being just like these these rebellious droids, and he has to actually feel like I do support droid freedom, but at the same time they're evil. Like it's just be fascinating. I love that idea so much. Yeah, I mean you could do this really great metaphor for liberation, and you know with with droids and just you know you could have him sort of liberating droids, you know Lando Calrissian, and be really involved in that and be a I don't know. There's a lot of options there, but the, the parallels with droids in the Star Wars galaxy are are abundant. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I definitely thought Kira as well, actually. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think you could, you know, use what Kazan had sort of set up there, you know. Um, so, Pike Syndicate. Issue, yeah. The issue is if we bring in Kira, I think that means we have to bring in Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> how do we feel about Darth Maul in this? I, I better Adam. Why? I I don't know. I'm going back and forth because like his his turn in the last couple of like the last couple episodes of Clone Wars was amazing. I like that character a lot. I my least favorite thing about Solo is just the and Darth Maul's here too moment. But I'm like now that it's part of the storyline, I kind of like, don't know if I'd be more upset or less upset if you deal with Crimson Dawn and he's not around, right? So I don't know. It's I'm, I'm the, I'm, yeah, I'm the weirdest Star Wars fan where I refuse to acknowledge Maul survived the Phantom Menace. <laughs> and obviously, in my head canon, he's dead. And I live in bad faith every day. That well, alive. But I do much. love, but then I watch these, I watch both, you know, uh, Rebel, I, uh, Clone Wars Rebels, and I love the dialogue. I think it's some of the best, I think it's honestly, I think his dialogue is some of the best dialogue in Star Wars. And it's really good. Animated shows. It's really, really good. It's brilliantly written dialogue. I just, no. for I just, uh, it just it raises the stakes if he dies in the Phantom Menace, and it really makes the story feel more sacred and special. I I agree. Every time Darth Maul shows up on screen, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, and like like he's still around. And then and then unfortunately, my mind goes, oh that's right, and he had spider legs too. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that. Like, I can't yeah. help going through the entirety of his weird survival. Thing. But then it leads to these amazing, you said these amazing moments towards the end of Clone Wars and his like his confrontation with Obi-Wan on Tatooine in Rebels. I really, really love. So I great. I'm, it, I'm with you. I'm with really? you where I'm just like, it's so weird to me. But at least they do good things with it. But it is very strange. Oh, he's a brilliant character to have in the mix. And wh- who's better than Maul as your bad guy? I mean, 
he looks like primal fear incarnate. He's a scary looking individual. Yeah. And uh, and always threatening. But I feel like I think Star I think Star Wars suffers in the threat department personally. I feel like the last thing I was threatened by was Darth Vader and as a as a child. And I feel like I haven't felt that really since that moment. And I feel like Star Wars has that power. Maybe it's because of my, my age, but I feel like Vader was really a haunting character for me when I first saw him. I mean, I think you just made, you know, Lucasfilm's point. That's why they brought Maul back. I mean, it's a space opera. He's alive. Deal with it is kind of my answer to that. Like, it's just like, does it make a lot of sense? No, but whatever. It's a space opera. Nothing makes sense, really. It's but in that galaxy, okay, the dark side of the force can make you survive for however many years with half a body. It's and funny not, too because his face, his face almost looks like an like an oni mask from like Japanese. Yeah, theater. yeah it totally and, does. Uh, yeah, and it, it yeah. looks like he's a a figure, a dark figure that returns yeah. over and over again, a kind of spirit. The, yeah. The other thing is that like our world is entirely changed because of the Mandalorian, and I, I think the way that they handled that series where each episode has its own cast of characters. Um, it wasn't, I mean, now it's an ensemble cast, so we don't know what season two will be like, but it really wasn't before. It was like each episode is entirely different. There can just be one episode where he's got to deal with the crimson dawn and there's Kira and there's Maul, and we have them and it's an amazing episode. And then he's like, he, you know, he can add gravity to Maul. Maul can add gravity to the situation that's another you know major threat that he's got to deal with and 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 then he sort of maybe he understands sith better maybe it it modifies his relationship with darth vader in a different way but they don't have to be there for the whole series you know no it can be one episode and then he can ping pong off and and go into a, a you know another you know adventure in the next episode so my thought is like I like almost using Maul as the Emperor was used in the original trilogy. Like he's mm-hmm. for the first few episodes just menacing in the background. He's there, yeah. Because I don't know that Lando survives if he's ever in a room with Maul. Because I feel like Lando's like like the way he reacts, he talks to people. I feel like Vader is controlled enough to understand that and deal with that. I have trouble with it, Maul not just like igniting his lightsaber by dissecting Lando at some point, but. Like, Lando's, I mean, his thing is he makes himself useful, right? Like, That's true. Yeah. Like, there he, might be a moment where he is very close to getting killed and he suddenly convinces Lando. I can see ball. Lando disabling Vader's suit, though. Yeah. It's like an interesting. <laughs> well, like, Afro did that, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, especially if you've got a close relationship with droids and, you know, you know, certain ways around that. Yeah. I, I, I can also see Vader, like, you know, like chasing Lando and, 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 drawing a saber and then Lando making a deal and then that being the, the, right. the, uh, the impetus for the, the, the story. You you mean you could also have Lando like the main, I mean his big bad could be Maul and like so, but he deals with all the different um, crime syndicates and like he's like something, there's this like something doesn't feel right, everyone's working in consort why is that? Um, what's going on? And then he realizes there's this he, there's this mall at the center of it that's pulling all the strings on the whole crime syndicate, and maybe that affects his relationship with Vader. Um, but maybe he solves that riddle, and you know maybe he's the one that tips off Vader, who tips off the Emperor, and then the Emperor goes. Um, I don't Wait. know. Like, the timeline doesn't work out. Yeah. So I'm about to derail us. <laughs> but go ahead, Grant. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking. So we meet Mall again on uh, is it Malachor in. Uh... Right. Yeah, he might be in yeah. Malachor. So what if Lan- what if the end of Lando is about how Maul ends up on Malachor? And Lando is someone who's fitting, who 
in in a fitting way would be on Malachor because he's been involved with ancient ruins and things like that in the EU novels. And, you know, like I could see him on an ancient Sith world or an ancient planet of some kind. Yeah, or not that ancient, would, but that planet would be, of, of that would place them before Solo though, because by Solo. On Solo, he's not on Malachor. Oh, but by the end, you're right. Because he's he's not on Malachor. Just how he yet. gets to Malachor, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Maybe he's Lando, the one. Lando oh. has to do it. Lando's uh, part of that, you know, that plot. Right. Oh, the, the plot to abandon um, Maul on Malachor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I could see that. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. That would be fun, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so, derailment in three, two, one. I just realized, and maybe it's in the sure that. And I don't think I ever thought about this because of weird timeline stuff. We have Maul and Vader wandering around the galaxy at the exact same time, correct? Like, there's 10 years of overlap with Maul and Vader in the galaxy. You're hurting my brain, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a story that has yet to be told because there's no way you have those two characters in the galaxy and there's never a confirmation. There's there's someone has written the lightsaber battle between Vader and Maul at some point. Well, it it was, so it was in, it was in uh, Rebels. They, they, they... Was Vader, okay. I couldn't remember if that happened. It was on Malachor when uh, Vader came and he was... Okay. I think they were ships ships passing, though. I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they really interacted. Ben would know... I oh, I you... just watched it. I just watched it. I feel like Inquisitors arrive. I think Inquis- Inquisitors arrive, and then Vader arrives. I think Inquisitors yeah. are there for the most That's part. Very... I, Maul sees him, and he's like, "I gotta get out of here and splits." That's right. Yeah. Might, and I think he pushes someone else towards him because I That's think at the why... same time, Ahsoka shows up, and Ahsoka, you know, they right team they off. that amazing. Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? Moment. So Ahsoka goes after Vader, and um, Maul goes after Kanan Jarrus. Blinds Kane and Jarrus and escapes. So they sort of, yeah, ships in the night sort of thing. That's yeah. why you do Lando's deal with the Empire and probably yeah. an interaction with Vader. And then you get to a possible confrontation with Darth Maul and Vader so, and Lando. And then, yeah, I think that's the best <laughs> So, guys, we talked about wanting to make Lando a, a, a show that has very few legacy characters in it. And somehow we've written ourselves into a corner. <laughs> Yeah. Guys, I wanted Bosk originally. Right. Now you get Vader and Maul. <laughs> I mean, just listen to how they talk to each other in Empire. Vader yeah. and Lynn. Listen, no, I, to, I listen to that, that conversation. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's as if they've had dealings together before. You know what I mean? No, I, I love that angle. I love that angle. Because he's got a sort of, I mean, you know, he becomes a legitimate, like, Tabana Gas Baron, which is powering super star destroyers you know ordained by the empire too right like probably ordained by the emperor yeah empire right so he like he had to make a deal there right and maybe that's how he meets lobot that's the story that's the story essentially yeah yeah i'm so glad we kept recording yeah (laughs) (laughs) um awesome all right i think we're in a good place right now if we go any deeper it's gonna involve twiglicks and like who knows what else (laughs) The pansexual nine, nine nub nine nubs gonna get in there and like oh, a yeah <laughs> yeah no hookah bar or something uh there's yeah so there's pretty much limitless possibilities call us lucasfilm we'd love to help out with this project uh donald glover you're our guy we'll help yeah. you we can um and this was so fun um thank you casual jason for uh bringing this to our attention 
Um, and for all your questions, thanks to all of our listeners for listening to us prattle on about these intricacies and ins and outs. Um, we, we, uh, love that you're there and we love doing this. So, uh, have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you next week. Um, and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Yeah.